Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. We are talking about episode one, Vanish. This episode was all about hog killers, mommy issues, and a whole lot of small town murder mysteries. You want to stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could play guitar like Led Zeppelin. That is an awesome song we had in this this uh, episode tonight. Vanish, this is the Sharp Objects After Show. I'm Leslie Powers, joined by my lovely panel here. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, ladies. Hey, guys. I'm Carolina Benetti. Hi, guys. I'm Heather Geisler. Guys, we are going to dive right into this crazy goth southern jamming mystery. Um, also, later on, you want to stay tuned because we have an awesome special segment called The Feminist Chronicles, and we're going to highlight a female journalist who has done something awesome in the past or in present day. Um, we also have some awesome gossip coming up about Amy Adams and her new project, so you want to stay tuned for that. Yes. Ladies, I am dying to get your initial thoughts. This is a brand new mini series by the people that brought us Big Little Lies, so we love them already. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. But I would love to hear some initial just grandiose thoughts. Chills. I literally just got chills yeah. as I was even thinking about answering that. That was my little shake <laughs> yeah. before. It was not a dramatic pause. My body was like, and you shall have chills. Yes. <laughs> about no. everything. Yeah. Yes. It was so good. And then obviously the music was really great in it. it there really was just was. so many like fast cuts and it was like, what's happening next? So yes. good. So good. I, I loved it instantly. It's so dark. Yeah, and I, I hate to go there sometimes in my brain because I'm also on the Handmaid's Tale after show, so it's like nonstop darkness. Um, but this was female like a lighter darkness. darkness. I didn't feel like repressed and like I should go drink a gallon of whiskey while I cry into yeah. my bathtub for my human rights to be stripped but away. Then would be like but then you would be like our lead <laughs> yeah. character, which we will absolutely get to. So like I mentioned, this she was is my the, inspiration <laughs> to go lay in a bathtub and drink lots of whiskey. Uh, please do not do that. Call yeah. me if you need anything. There is a health number at the end there of is. the episode. So. Yes, okay, please I have you guys. <laughs> there is. The, HBO is being very responsible. Saying, I didn't yeah. notice that. There was yes. a health number. That's wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anybody suffering from any sort of alcoholism or self-harm or any like anything oh. like that. HBO is being yep. very responsible. Um, so like I said earlier, this is the team that brought us Big Little Lies. We have Jean-Marc Vallée as the director. Um, we do have a new showrunner, Marty Noxon, who also is the showrunner of Unreal. Everybody has Unreal. watched that in Dietland. She's wonderful. Um, so I just want to talk to you girls, because I know, Heather, you've read the book yes, by Gillian I, Flynn. Actually, I've read all of Gillian Flynn's books. I'm a huge nice. fan of her. Obviously, she's probably best known for Gone Girl. Also, another fabulous book. So I definitely expected to have that same kind of tone. Sure. Lots of mystery, lots of secrets. Very, and we got that. yes, very mm-hmm. in depth um, characters. So yeah. Um, and how does how does this even though there was only one episode? How does it right. compare? So I was definitely having some flashbacks. And I will say that I read the book when it first came out, and I didn't really want to spoil the show. How long ago was that? Oh, god! It was before Gone Girl, right? It was... 
I think I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. We can, but like years, right? Like yeah, years, Mm -hmm. definitely years. But just for anyone who hasn't read the book, to know the like time range between the because I'm assuming it was Mm -hmm. a national bestseller. Yes, but I think I maybe even after game. Gone Girl was, because people oh, probably went and found out about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's read her how other books. I, that's how I started reading all of her books. I read Gone Girl and was obsessed yes. and was like, I have to read all of these um, books from this author. So Very cool. Yeah, so definitely recommend that. I also love crime in general. I'm a crime it's enthusiast. It's a hot thing right now. So crime. very excited to be on this panel. Well, we're excited yes. to have you. <laughs> and Carolina, I know that you are a big fan of the director. Yes. As am I. So I, his style obviously came through a lot with this, as you see with Big Little Lies, too. It's very similar. But what did you have? What do you think about Jean-Marc Vallée? He's such an immersive storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. within his stories, I feel like I can see, like just like nuances of other directors styles like I felt a little bit at the very beginning when mm-hmm. we opened in and we dove into the little girls and what they how they were running in through the town and Amy was sleeping and they went in and that to me the eeriness of it all rem- yeah. reminded me of Stanley Kubrick oh absolutely mm. so I was feeling like moments of The Shining because The Shining's yeah. a horror movie but it isn't it is really like a psychological mm-hmm. think piece, and I felt like he opened it that way. The colder, but like slightly warmer color palette. It reminded yeah. me of like a 1960s Polaroid. Yeah, oh, that's a really good way of putting yeah, it. That's a filter on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you the don't sharp object filter. The okay. sharp object so. filter. We're talking about it right now. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yes, let's patent it, it. Yeah, it like really reminded me almost as if he brought to life a Polaroid picture that someone had yeah. been staring at, and it had like nuances of Kubrick, and I loved it. I I really hope that we can get him in here to chat with us mm-hmm. because yes. I'd love to pick his brain about like what he drew from because a lot of times directors like sure they'll get a script and they'll get a story but they'll draw from folk tales or like old towns sure. or a photograph or even a magazine and you won't know about it until you've had the chance to sit and chat so with Jean-Marc them. So Jean-Marc Vallée this is our call so, to you. Yes. Come join Mark, us. Please. We would love to mm-hmm. talk to you and I completely agree I think the style is very apparent. I think he has after Big Little Lies and um, Wild and Dallas Buyers Club, but which he's also directed, I think they all now are blending for me. Like his style is very apparent. I love and that. And I he love that. It's focuses consistent. on real people. Yes. Yes. It's it's and he also focuses really on the kind of the ugly of these people because mm-hmm. yeah, you have people like Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon, and it's like the beauty is insane. But I think he gets to the like core darkness of them. Um, really, he does that really well. So Definitely. I I think the style is great. Um, even the credits. I thought the credits were like super whimsical. Mm. I wanted mm. to just stay and jam out to the ending yeah. song, and you were like, "We do have to get to the preview." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that, "Sorry, guys, I have to know what's going to happen next week." Um, so um, let's dive into the show. So yes. it, we open um, on kind of a flashback. So the way the show has gone um, this episode, and I'm assuming that's the style is going to say the same, is that we do a lot of flashbacks. So um, we start off in 1992. And that's only mm. told to us really through a, um, campaign poster. a campaign poster for Bill Clinton. And I was like, that's really clever. Clinton <laughs> Gore. Yes. 92. Um, but then they let us yeah. know that we're in present day when the they show Obama. us the Obama poster. Well, yes. slightly pleasant present day. I missed that. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, when the little girls mm-hmm. run up and yes. they go through the house, they pass uh, an Obama 
campaign poster. I think that's very cool that that's the way they told. Sometimes they're like, it's 1992. And we're like, can you just tell that in a more cool storyteller way? I down and I was like set in early 90s. Maybe not with like little Dot. Because I was trying to figure it out. When she goes back into Wind Gap, it's like we're stepping back in time though. Yes. It is. We've all been to those towns where it's like, we're in that bar and it's like, this isn't, this is like the 80s. And nothing has changed. And I think that's what we end up getting from Wind Gap. So, yes, we start in 1992, and then we're, we're immediately in the future. So it's immediately interweaved from this young girl who has red hair, and we don't really know who she is or what Ooh, she means for yet. The redheads. Redheads. <laughs> Ginger ambition! Love it! And then, then we meet Amy Adams' character, Camille. So what did you guys think right off the bat? We didn't really get much of her dialogue-wise, but what did we think of of Camille's character right off the bat. Well, obviously an alcoholic. Yeah. So that's the first thing we learn about her. She definitely seems reserved, which is interesting since she's a journalist and she has to be very social yes. and finding out what's going on. But see, mm-hmm. I agree to disagree. I wasn't surprised at her reserved character, especially when they introduce you to her family. Everything starts to make True. sense. Ooh, I mean, she grew up in a family where they still have an African-American mm-hmm. maid. Hello, are yes. we living in the help for yeah. real in the 1950s and 60s. Very and true. And then, you know, her mother is very much like, I just, I don't understand why a girl like you would just want to speak about such <laughs> subjects. Her mother is very much like the kept woman who runs the house and plans a menu as if we're living in a southern plantation. And yes. pulls out her eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, has... I think she was pulling off fake eyelashes. But we'll get to Adora. Well, let's, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, let's stick with Camille for now. But yeah. we'll get to her. Camille is that yeah. her mother truly informs that even though she's left and she's obviously made a life for herself in you know the big city that yes. is St. Louis... She comes from such a structured background. Mm -hmm. There's only so much willfulness Mm -hmm. that can come out of someone. And they say that she moved away years ago. But how many years? A decade? Five years? Seven years? Like, I have questions. I mean, she seems mid-30s. So, yeah. Yeah. She seems... But she's drinking a lot. So that's... Like Heather said, that's what we first learn about her is that she's got these little mini bottles Mm -hmm. of alcohol. Mm -hmm. She's packing them all up because her boss has sent her on this job back in her hometown. And I get the sense from her boss, Curry, that he thinks this is going to be therapeutic mm-hmm. for her. Did you guys get that from, from him, that he's sending her almost on like a self-discovery totally. journey? Yeah. I, even yeah. his wife calls him on it. Like, this dude needs to like reel back and stop trying to tell <laughs> He's getting too personal. To, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Phil, all the way. But yes, just because you Dr. watch Phil. Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil doesn't mean you are a doctor. But it does make <laughs> yes. me feel like she has, uh, you know, maybe he's a paternal figure in her mm. life because mm. clearly her family is not normal. Yes. And you know, she hasn't seen her mother or in months or however long it she was. She said months, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um but it mm-hmm. seems like they don't have too close of a relationship. So maybe this is, you know, kind of her family away from home. Clearly they're close. They work together. So to me it felt kind of like a fatherly figure. Yeah. So I think true. he's looking out for her. He is and and he gives her this assignment because there was a girl in her hometown who was murdered a few months ago. He says in August, so mm-hmm. we assume it's a few months ago. And then there's a more current case happening where there's a missing girl. Right, Ann Nash. And yeah, and so he thinks that this will be, oh. uh, because it's personal, because it's her hometown, mm-hmm. even though she's kind of like, I don't, you know, I don't like to associate myself with Wind Gap. That's not mm-hmm. like her style. Uh, but still, he thinks that it would make a better story if it's told by somebody that's from the town. So there she goes to Wind Gap with all of her alcohol in tow. <laughs> 
which you could hear clinking in its own duffel bag. And then she, did you notice when she opened her trunk, there was like an empty whiskey bottle, and I was just like, how is she just sitting in her car drinking? town drinks whiskey. That's what everybody, Mm -hmm. the cop, the bartender, (laughs) and I love that Maker's Mark is their top shelf. I I don't know if you guys caught that, but I'm going to give you better than the well. This ain't going to be well. It's going to be top shelf. (laughs) And it was, I was like, ooh, is it Knobs Creek? No, it's not even that fancy. It's Maker's Maker's Mark. And And then the cops got Jack Daniels. I was like, why do I know all these bottles? What does that say about me? But this is crazy. You've been been around a bar. I'm an adult. (laughs) I love that that he says, um, she says, there's nothing but trash and old money. He says, which are you? And she says, I'm trash from From old old money. Love it. But her family looked very much like old money. Like they were walking up on like. But she seems. I maybe that's what she thinks about herself is that she's trashy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because she's an alcoholic who drinks Mm -hmm. in her car. I'm not laughing about that at all. That's not funny. It's just her character was just excessive and the character is funny. She's sassy in in a way. So she doesn't really want to write about this, but she does it anyways. We get she's a drinker, she's a smoker, her cell phone's cracked. I mean, she's a mess. I mean, you know what I'm really rooting for for Camille, though? She is one of the hottest women in this town, and, like, all the men just get better and better looking, from yeah. the bartender to the detective. Oh, my God, the detective. Yes, Hello. we are going to get to the detective, like, look, for sure. I know that she's an alcoholic, but, like, have you seen her face? Can we get this girl a ship? I'm ready. <laughs> like I, she's you in a small town. Ready. There is not a lot of men, and I'm like rooting for both of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. Redheads. So Amy gets to Amy Camille. I'm not, I can't call her Amy. I That's know, bad. Right? Um, clearly, she's a distin- distinguishable name. Um, it so, makes you feel better. I kept writing Amy, and I was like, Amy, back and no, pass it out. Camille. <laughs> So Camille gets to her hometown, and she mm-hmm. meets the chief, which is he's stereotypical southern chief. Yes. Um, he doesn't seem very interested in having her there either. Um, I mean, he explains it a little bit, but why do you guys think that he wants to keep kind of the reporting out of this case? Hmm. I think he, he doesn't want to deal with the fact that something could possibly go wrong in their town. Um, and if he has any hunches on who it could possibly be... He's completely shut down to it because they're from their town. Mm-hmm. They do hogs. They're good <laughs> standards. <do> <laughs> it's they're a town good. where everyone knows each other. Yeah, yeah like so. they're good, upright people. And he is beside himself to think that anyone could do something that he wouldn't already be on to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, so that's and he says they're the bigger problem. We're known as the hog killers. We yeah. don't want to be known as the kid killers but she's definitely more welcome since she is part of or she comes from the town than the detective do you think he welcomed her more i felt like he was very dismissive because she was a woman the town like that didn't matter you know because he because then we find out that yeah from the town Mm -hmm, yeah totally from her mother her name yeah but the the detective didn't i almost felt as if he was more dismissive towards her especially when you find out that he called in a detective from kansas city yeah, well, I mean, he he called him in, I think, because he needed backup, but... He might be regretting yeah. it, but he still looked for it, and now that there's someone else yeah. here who could possibly help him, he's like, mm-hmm. no, I won't have you bandy this about, which a big part of it, obviously, is that she's a news reporter, but another big part of it, which I felt was inferred, is because she is a woman, yes. and this whole town still sees her as a, Adara? Adora? Adora. Adora is mm-hmm. As mother. Adora's daughter. Exactly. She's... Almost like the, a little kid, yeah. always, it, for Adora's child. Like, that's it. That's who she is. Because she's yeah. not married. She doesn't have kids. She didn't stay there. So she's like her unruly child that ran away and is kind of back. 
Yeah, so we're almost, we're going to get more to Adora because Patricia Clarkson is phenomenal in this role. Um, but we keep meeting a few characters throughout mm. the town. So mm-hmm. she goes to join the search party and there's a couple young girls that are sitting there. They're like, oh, the party, you know, the search party's that way. Um, and, and they're, you know, I think, are they smoking weed? I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I just cigarettes. thought they were smoking no, no. cigarettes. Yeah. I, they seem just kind of like bored skating kids around. in a small I mean, town skating around. do they have weed around. in a town that small? I, think, I just oh, thought probably. it was like cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, so, well, they're doing something that, you know, from? isn't very ladylike. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then she runs into um, Elizabeth Perkins' character, Jackie O'Neill, yes. who's kind of the eccentric older woman you can you get Who I their love. Club. I thought she, I was like, she's oh, going to be the comic yes. relief of this mm-hmm. season. I can't wait to get more. Yes. Yeah, she was, I was surprised how little she was in it, but you get the sense that she's friends with Mm -hmm. Adora, her mother, um, and she also just keeps talking about how pretty she is. Did you notice that? Everybody kept saying, beauty, beauty, Camille, you are beautiful, and you were the most beautiful girl in Wind Gap. But isn't that like a, you know, a a proud thing in the southern town? I was the prettiest girl in my town. But she's not proud of it. it. Which Mm -hmm. makes me wonder if she was violated when she was younger, and that's something they're going to touch on. Wow. As I give you the side eye, because you read the book. Yes, and we yeah. do have a live chat going, so yes. if you guys have no any spoilers, opinions for us, we would love questions. to hear from you. Please comment. We have Heather on it right yes, now. She's I want to shout out Aaliyah Jordan, and she agrees with us. She says, if it was a man, I don't think he would have been like that. Talking Ooh. about Chief Vickery. So she also yes. said that, yes, those were her eyelashes, because in the book, she does that. Oh, so we have some confirmation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. And guys, this isn't the only after show we have. We obviously have a ton of after shows for it. Anything you could possibly imagine, and Heather is going to tell us a little bit more about it. Yes, guys. So our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There's no network that works harder to serve the television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels, preferably more, by subscribing (laughs) to our channel. YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and it'll help um, AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. You can turn those off. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know that you did so, and we'll thank you on air. But for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Yes, thank you guys mm-hmm. so much. Um, and if you are listening on iTunes, um, please give us five stars because as my other um, moderator says, is it one through four don't work. So thank you, Carrie Lane, for that lovely line. But yes, give us a five. Um, and then like us, give us that thumbs up, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, so let's get into the sexy man that Carolina cannot Ooh. stop talking oh, about. My, I need to like look him up on IMDb. Like, listen, He's last beautiful. night I was Googling a trippier from England and tonight I'm going to be... Googling hot detective from Shark Object. Hot like, detective. I need to know, like, are men single? Where do they live? How old are they? I'm single. No, I have goals. Well, Chris, Chris Messina is playing Detective Willis. Um, he is an out-of-town detective from Kansas City who has come here um, per Chief Victory. Or Vickery, I'm sorry. Vickery. Vickery. Yeah. Um, and so you instantly can tell there's going to be there's going to be something going on between Camille's character and this detective. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very brief encounter when she's um, hanging out with Crazy Jackie. I'm just going to call her that. <laughs> Crazy Jackie. Um, and then <laughs> and then we get to her coming back to her childhood home, which is when yeah. I think all of everything starts to make sense a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, we meet Adora, her mother, mm-hmm. um, and her husband, Alan, which I love that he, um, her mom's like, Camille's here, and the husband goes, who? Yeah. It's so, that right off the bat kind of tells us it's a little bit strange. So oh what did you guys goodness. think, what was your first impression oh. of Adora? I thought they she, were 
They were all very subdued. That whole scene, there was the yeah. piano music playing in the background. It was very like low energy, soft talking, like were I they all on something? Visitors. That's what it. Uh -huh. I mean, that's kind of what it I've seemed had like. Some value. Something is in the whiskey water. all day. <laughs> something yes, is in the whiskey. But it, it wasn't, at least in my personal experience, not a normal mother daughter relationship. No. So that's very interesting. I think we're going to see a lot more of. Oh, that. a ton. So, I'm sure. Yes. For yeah, me, you think of? a big part of it was when she opened the door and was like, "Oh." I wish you had phoned. The house is not ready for visitors. <laughs> I was like, my own daughter. <laughs> I was really. like, this is her daughter. What type of a greeting is that? Yeah. That they're so formal and foreign with each other that you would even say that. And for me, I I wrote down some notes. Um, and it. I said to myself, it's so weird. Her mother talks about visitors when mm -hmm. she first sees her daughter. Also, the impression that she gave, especially when she tells her husband, Alan, Camille's here, and he goes, who? I was like, wow, she's a stranger in her own home. Oh, yeah. But more importantly, how cold and uncomfortable mm -hmm. their greeting and interactions were Absolutely. made me write down that they make wasps from the from the northeast and new england look like they are overly affectionate <laughs> and warm wow yeah, yeah. it was like so huge exclamation yeah. well obviously it's too much for camille to handle because she's like racing out Gotta the door out um to go to a bar because mm -hmm. that's her happy place um she runs into the barkeep or who... maybe it's her escape like is yeah. it her happy place well or i think, do it's, you think it's like just like her, where her she goes to, to like yeah like yeah. blur the just terrible mm -hmm. crap that she's dealing yeah with. you can just say that she feels comfortable on a bar stool like yeah <laughs> and she knows, the, yeah, she knows the bartender they have yes. a familial relationship so. and yeah. he owns it now and mm -hmm. he this is the first we kind of hear the people in this town talk about gay people because mm -hmm. he mentions you know like oh they sold the bar to me and, and those types of people mo they moved to california you don't see those types around here um, and I thought that was interesting that mm -hmm. it's 2018 and this, even this town has not gotten there yet. We're just getting a bigger picture of what yeah, this town is what actually like. like and their values. Yes. Yeah. And then hot detective is there and they there have a little lot exchange. Of sexual tension. There was. But I was mad at him in that scene because like he was interrupting her from interrogating <laughs> oh, yeah. the kid. John Keen. John yeah. Keen. John, who is the girl, the dead girl, missing girls, like brother. Yeah. So he kind of annoyed me in that scene. I was like, you're just interrupting. You're yeah. interrupting. Let her talk to the kid. But I think he was doing that. Um, he did it on purpose. On purpose because he he feels that she's gonna. I think he can already tell from her personality she's gonna meddle a little bit more than she mm -hmm. should as a reporter, um, and she might get hurt in the process. I don't really know his motivations yet. I'll, right. I'm curious to see. Um, so, I think he's starting to get motivated romantically. I hope <laughs> so. That'd be awesome if we had that scene, which I'm sure is coming. Oh yeah. Um, so she gets a little too drunk at this bar and passes out in her car, which is so ladylike. Yeah. <laughs> so when she wakes up and goes home, um, her mother, this is the big mother scene where her mom mm. is basically like, how dare you embarrass me that mm. way? Um, and we, Heather, you were talking a lot about the lighting in this scene. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, think? I just love the way this show is lit because obviously there's a lot of secrets in the show and when... Mm when the mother, when Adora is yelling at her and it's just this, this figure in the shadow, you can't even see her face. And for yeah. me, it really felt like Camille as a little girl, like watching her mother, you know, it's, it's not an actual, it's not an actual person. It's just this figure, this monster. Absolutely. You know? It's like a figment of right. what she Yeah. And she, I mean, she's coming in and out of the light. I just, 
I love the way it's shot. It's so beautiful. What yeah. really got to me, too, is it was, even though it wasn't, like, through Camille's eyes, I almost felt that the way it was filmed made you feel like you were in a fly in the house in someone else's home mm-hmm. while they were ranting. Yes. Right. And almost like the housekeeper, because she was like, Want some eggs? No, I'm no. She was like, Y'all ready for your eggs? The husband was She's completely so ready silent. and like yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I almost felt like it reinforced Camille's point of view, the way mm-hmm. that Jean decided to shoot this. And I loved it. Yeah, it was, it mm-hmm. was beautiful. And Adora kept saying, like, you are not an adult. You are not a person. You are my daughter in this town. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that. Right. Um, and she, and you can tell Adora feels something towards these girls that were murdered and are mm-hmm. missing. And she right. says, I know them. And I, how, what do you think I'm going through? And it's almost like, how dare you come in here and write about this tragic yeah. thing that I'm, I'm going through. So it seems like everything is about her. And, and she feels has more been. connected yeah. to those missing girls than even to her own daughter. Oh, absolutely. Interesting, though, because when she said that, I felt like she's not connected to the girls at mm. all. I just felt that her Maybe level she murdered of them. drama. Phony. It was phony. No, I felt like her level of drama is always about, oh, this affects yeah. me so much. I went to their christening. <laughs> yes. How dare they? How dare they be murdered? I knew them. Uh, yeah. She's not British by feeling. <laughs> I, like, I was like, did you go She's British? Not. She's no, British not. No, I did. Now. But I was, I was saying yeah. it's like that, that idea of being so stuffy and like mm-hmm. tight knit mm-hmm. and like Americans generally, we think of like very like upper echelon, uber posh. Brits yeah. being like, no, we have tea at 12 yeah. precisely. 1201 is a crime. And yeah. it's almost like that really like <laughs> tight knit um pre-civil war kind of like antebellumish mm-hmm. yeah. need for such structure and like everything that's out of mm, line is detrimental to the like great families. Yes. And it's almost Agreed. like her mother lives in this delusion of that. Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. And then her husband. Did and then her she husband... really know those girls that well, or did she just know them? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because they live in a small yet. town. To me, I felt like she didn't really know them. She wasn't that close to them. I doubt this woman ever changed one of those kids' diapers. Well, like, no, it's she not just... like that. And then her husband exactly. says nothing. So, right. so she doesn't That's have like a leg to stand on in my head about being so attuned to these kids like murder other than the fact that she's like oh i sat next to them in church five times yeah Yeah. a couple times um well we move kind of out of out of that home and we move into ann nash's home who is the little girl who was murdered a few months ago um and camille wants to talk to her father who's played by will chase from nashville if anyone's a fan as i am um and she kind of gets a little bit of the scoop on what happened to ann um, and she feels a little weird about the dad. Like, maybe mm. he is a little cagey and weird and, and acting strange. So mm. what did you guys think about his involvement, possibly, mm. in his own daughter's At least for, murder? for me, I, I actually it. didn't feel any, like, oddness coming from him. Yeah. I was like, he lost a child. He Let's clearly, give him a break. He feels guilty. His wife feels guilty. It probably changed their relationship. They have three other kids to worry about. Young children, it looked like. Yeah. Um, it looked like a chaotic yeah. household. So... Can you, yeah, can you blame the guy for being that way? It doesn't no. mean he didn't do something, but I think, well... I feel like yeah. you could almost feel in his interaction with Camille the fighting that has been going on behind closed doors, especially yes. when his daughter opens the door. He's like, what I tell you about that door? <laughs> Ooh, you better when it's closed, her. what do you do when that door is closed? I knock, Daddy. 
that's don't don't you do that again and then he like sends yeah. her off in the anger and it made me wonder like how many arguments has he had with his wife oh i'm sure and i'm sure he's gotten stricter since that happened mm-hmm. to his daughter i mean and then he mentions that um, she was not raped. She was just murdered. And so he thinks maybe it, the guy who did it was gay, which there you go mm-hmm. again. This town is... Yeah. But he doesn't has say that. that. He says a very, like, horrible, he says, yes, expletive, he says, which, which really, I will not say. No. Yeah. But, but it, like, really brings home how small-minded oh, and so, uneducated yes. in, like... Um, just current events that people seem to be, because this is yeah. more of a current day think piece for this novel. It's chilling. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so it's so interesting. Because it's real. There's a yeah. lot of small towns in the US and like maybe you guys are watching Tiny us from towns. one of them. I went to school up uh, high school yeah. in one of them. I went to boarding school in Millbrook, New York. It's tiny. It's a mm-hmm. horse town. Um everybody is like big into equestrian sports there and it's everybody knows Everything. Yeah, and she said the population was two thousand in this yeah. town. If that gives you and any indication. Hadn't changed in a long time. Oh no, not at all. And then yeah. so she leaves there and when she runs into these girls again in the in like almost this kind of like central square yeah. town oh, wait, square. Can I say something though? Sorry, before yeah, we move yeah. on, I just thought of it. Is that she was on the phone with her editor and she's mm-hmm. telling him how she thinks that the wife left. I don't think the wife left because the whole town would have been talking about it. But I think maybe she has a drinking or like some other kind of problem now because of losing her daughter, because in a way, mm-hmm. as a mom, she was the one that said, Fine. Go ride your bike the 10 blocks to go to your best friend's house in a town that nothing like this would ever possibly happen. Oh, yeah. She had no way of knowing. And maybe no. she'll come around later and maybe Camille will get to speak with her but and I, she'll have a different yeah. side. For me, I mm. thought, no, I think that their fighting is just so bad that I think she's, like, taken to substance abuse and she probably leaves for long stretches and then comes back. But if she had actually left, I yeah. feel like Camille would have known going into the house that she had left. Well, she has been right. drinking, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> Camille, so I feel like maybe she's not as sharp, sharp objects. Yeah. Maybe she's oh, not as sharp. I see what you did there. And, you know, But you don't think the gossip reporting. would have gotten to her? I mean, she's only been there a day or so at that yeah, point. Yeah, and they I don't already knew she was there I, yeah. within, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, but we find out later why that is, which we'll talk about yeah. in just a second. So we, we go kind of this town to this town square where she runs into these young girls again, mm-hmm. the ones that were smoking the cigarettes, um, along with Natalie Keene's brother, John mm-hmm. Keene, mm-hmm. who was in the bar. Um, and then all of a sudden she hears a woman crying in this alley and then Screams. they find Insane. Natalie's body and Ooh. I couldn't tell how, I guess she must've been hung cause that's how Ann Nash had died. They said she got hung by a clothes wire because when, um, we go meet the detective again, mm-hmm. she, Amy Adams, Camille is saying <laughs> you, you have a cereal on your hands. Yeah. Kind of congratulations. This is the same yeah. murder suspect, basically the same way. Um, so I think Natalie would must've been hung. Right. We what, couldn't really tell how yeah, she was killed. What I was thinking, because the body was there, it was, the body was exposed. I don't yeah. think that she died there. There. Yeah. She they was put, put there. there. Okay. She was put placed there, there for sure. Yeah. But I was really lost in like the detail of the bruising and lines exactly. on her body, like her mm. legs. I was trying to figure out what had happened. It looked traumatizing, and I'm yeah. sure we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to dive into some of these flashbacks because they came so often throughout the show um, of this young girl with really short red hair yeah. who we find out is Camille at a younger yeah. age. Um, and she has a lot of scenes with another younger girl who, mm. um, when we end up meeting Ama, is it Ama or Ama? I think Ama. Ama? I can't remember. I think it's... Ama. Live Ama. chat, help us Mama. out. Is it Ama or Ama? Ama. Um, I need she's, it phonetically spelled, please. She's Thank the you. daughter of Camille's mom and um, stepdad. 
Um, and she turns out um, she is one of the girls that was smoking the cigarette that she had run into earlier. Mm-hmm who didn't make it known, like, hi, I'm your half-sister that you've never met, basically, or you don't remember me, or I looked different. Mm -hmm. So when we meet her at the end, everything kind of starts to come together with these flashbacks because, um, is it Amma or Amma? Because Amma says something like, do you ever... (laughs) I think it's Amma. Amma. Do you you think about Marion? Like Amma, but Amma. Yeah. Do you think about Marion? And you, you know, I, I... feel like even though I didn't meet her that I still miss her and we're kind of like who's yeah. Marion and then it all starts to the make sister. sense yeah yeah because we get these flashes of a funeral of a young girl that we have seen and, and scenes with young Camille the um, seizure the, yeah the seizure uh, yeah. their little kind of sisterly bond talks that have been mm-hmm. throughout the show so obviously something traumatic happened to Camille's sister what do you guys think happened to her Emma Emma so, thank, thank you Jordan thank you yes so Emma. for for her and Emma's relationship, okay, this is so morbid, but I'm going to bring it to, like, <laughs> that scene in the woods with the, like, pornographic-like images taped up yeah, to the wall and then the strips of flesh. Mm-hmm. It gave me, like, such creepy yes. Hannibal Lecter vibes that if Anthony Hopkins had popped in, I would have been like, yeah. oh, no that surprise. I was waiting for someone to just, like, come and grab her. <laughs> and yeah. that, was young, that was young Camille that... Um, that found that, by the yes, way. Yes, but right. so, like, moving on from that, it, she almost felt so uncomfortable when her editor asked her to do this, and because we had been seeing all the flashbacks with her sister, mm-hmm. who's disappeared, in my head, I immediately thought something truly awful happened to yeah. her sister. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So it made me wonder, like, either her sister was, like, violated in some kind of way, mm-hmm. Or the seizures were brought on because of something that this person in this, like, hut had done to her sister. And and perhaps even to Camille. And we'll find that out later. If you've read the book, don't spoil it for me. Yes, no spoilers. (laughs) Because it was so violent. Why would you show me that in the first episode within the first 15 minutes if it wasn't... Yes. super important and to me I think that her family for the sake of their good old money name mm-hmm. is covering up oh, what 100%. truly happened to yeah. her sister and they brushed it off as an illness or something else and this serial killer maybe it's not someone new but it's an old killer that is resurfacing because they still haven't had their attention paid to I them. wonder that too I wonder if it's all going to end up connecting together, itself yeah. um but yeah, we do see a lot of young Camille. Um, we see that she, um, older Camille, is still thinking about her younger self as she goes, obviously, through this town that yeah. she used to live in. It's little memories are just Seamless like, transitions. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's like, young Camille, and then all of a sudden, right. she goes through a door, Turn and it's... It, exactly. Shout out to the editor for this yes. like editing job, because it is... It is really good. My husband's an editor, so he will appreciate it. Shout out an to the editor. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. that the whole time. I was like, this is like Emmy where they... Golden Globe oh, you know it will be all over the Emmys. It will be all over the Emmys. It better be. For sure. So um, I want to close with the last scene of the episode, which was pretty powerful. Mm. Um, we see Amy Adams get into this bath, which yeah. she's taken a lot of baths in this episode, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a there is a razor on the shelf and her drink. And she mm-hmm. gets in and like so slyly puts her arm behind her head. And you see just the light hit 
um, the word vanish is yes. etched in her arm as yes. if she put it there with razor blades. So what? Did, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. my God, you guys. I need to go yeah. back and watch this. That just gave me more chills. that's the name of the episode. Right? <gasps> that's the name vanish. of the episode. So she I had, didn't she had notice that. It. You have an eagle eye, oh, my yes. friend. Oh. It, well, it was so quick. It was yeah. like. Would, they show it to us and take it away. They you know? do. It's, it's like, like they show the razor. They wow. show her getting it, and then it was like, boom, her arm, and then yeah. we're out. But I mean, it Ugh. wasn't. It wasn't just that. They were all over her body. You could see. Oh, I could. I see. I didn't notice that. It gave me. Body. See, I was so busy mm-hmm. thinking about the bigger mm-hmm. visual of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That in film, a lot of times when you see some a big character like this mm-hmm. get into a bathtub with, you know substances it leads to suicide, suicide yeah. so I was True. thinking I was looking at the lighting and I was looking at the <laughs> yeah. you gotta watch it like, again oh yeah. my goodness no I'm you going yeah. to now that's I need thing, to see this that's one thing about reading the book good because thing I have HBO I'm like I'm looking for these Ooh, little things these little consistencies yeah, yeah. I need to read this book I'm like mm-hmm. so I have anxiety now I feel for like it I now. can't it's yeah. like I feel like you the can show only read is like 25 pages at a time yes I'll do that so final thoughts on this episode not predictions yet, but right, final right. final quick thoughts before we get into some awesome special segments. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do you think, Heather? I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Anything I'm, else you wanted to mention um, that stuck out to you? Did we cover so. it all? Yeah. yeah. Carolina, anything? Yes, just uh, the characters. I'm mm-hmm. so interested yeah. in the world building, and I can't wait to Absolutely. speak more about Emma because she was such a powerful character. This girl is literally living dual lives. Yes, Her I guess mother, we need to, we should touch on that quickly because she she's the mother's doll. Yeah, yeah she was dressed yes. and very she resents it, man. Yeah. She resents oh, yeah. it so much, and she brought up. She's like, "I love my dollhouse mother. I sold their clothes." <laughs> and she's you like, said you were going to go something." I yeah. was like, "I wrote that in like all capitals. Like, how old is this child? Wait." This child, how old is she? Do you know how old she's supposed to be? She's so devious. Emma, I don't live chat. How old is Emma supposed to be? Uh, I I did want to say one of the lines that stuck up stuck out to me that Emma said was, "You're incorrigible to Camille," and she goes, "And I am too. My mother just doesn't know it." Yeah, as if like she found like the the middle ground where she could play Marion. To her mother, but then be Camille in real in her real yeah, life. Yeah, because Marion, she mentions, you mm-hmm. know, Camille's how younger sister who died. That yeah, she how perfect was she? And and Camille says she no. wasn't, but she was very close. Close. So clearly, there's a lot going on between the sister who died and then Emma trying to kind of replace her. But in reality, she's roller skating around town in short shorts, smoking right, cigarettes. Right. Um, and I don't know how she's getting away with that if everybody knows mm-hmm. who she is in town. So I'm really curious well, on how that's going to play again, out. Again, it's to like her mother's granddaughter where she's like, I knew those children. No, you didn't. Yeah. She's <laughs> obviously you totally You clearly don't know your own children. Yeah. You don't even know what your own kid is doing as she's like crawling out the window at 12 p.m. <laughs> and you're like, she's making dull clothes. It's lovely. No, she's, yeah. no, she's not. Carolina is convinced that she's British, I think. <laughs> Patricia Clarkson. Sorry, I have to. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, it's because I think we... of her as like so wound tight that it yeah. like she comes is, out like, naturally. Yeah. And her name's Adora. I mean, come on, it's, it's so Adora. southern. I love it. Okay, well, we're gonna get into <laughs> our special segment um, called the Feminist Chronicles with the lovely Ooh. Carolina, where we highlight a um, female journalist who's done something awesome in the past or present. Awesome. So, for those of you who are joining us on YouTube, you should be able to see a magnificent photo oh, there she of. Is. Anne Royal. 
So Anne Royal uh, is an incredible journalist. She's actually considered the first female journalist in the United States of America. Um, you know, she travel. She traveled all over the world so much so that she began her career in writing by publishing travel logs, like travel guides for people. She published. Wow, that 10, long ago, that's great. The original blogger, yes, yeah. Yeah. right, lifestyle right? blogger. Yes, and she look was like, "This fashion. is lit. Check it out." <laughs> I highly yes. doubt that was in any of them, but she published ten volumes of travel books one novel, and two newspapers when she settled in 1831 in the Washington, D.C. area. And fun fact, that house that she lived in is now part of what is the present Library of Congress. So obviously it was torn down and now we have Mm -hmm. the Library of Congress, but at one point... Yeah, that you was her home. Imagine how significant that is Huge. for a woman in 1813. Is that what you said? Incredible. Yeah. 1831. Incredible. 1831. But her career spanned 30 years, which is something which is remarkable today. Yes. In 2018. And people, and, yeah, people didn't live that long back then. No, so. She lived for quite a long time. She was born in the late 1700s. And Good so, yes. But here's the thing that really gets to me. So she was a prolific journalist and all this. So she lived at the time in this northeast area of Washington, D.C., now Library of Congress, going back to, there was a a Presbyterian church there, and they did not agree with how she practiced working. So they would constantly try to convict her to, or, or convince her, sorry, to become a member of their church. And she openly criticized them in one of her newspapers. And do you know what happened, ladies what? and gentlemen? What? Congressman John Coyle took her to court and tried her in a civic court where she was jailed in June of June 31st of 1829 under an antiquated law as a common scold. And I say what? that with That's quotation so marks. School. It is a woman who publicly argues with neighbors. Like, that was a punishable offense, wow. which is wild to me. And the thing that terrifies me is that that was in the 1800s, and we're in yeah. 2018, and we're still seeing this today. Mm-hmm. How have our congressmen come so far for damning females with the point of view? And I feel like <laughs> we Camille would progress. have words to say she about would. this. Yeah. So much and yet so little progress. And you totally. know what? Shout out to Anne Royal, man. Go That's Royal. real news. And uh, do we have any um, fan shout outs we want to do real quick before we get into some yeah. predictions? I mean, Aaliyah Jordan, you were all over that live chat. Yes, thank you thank so you, much Aaliyah. for joining us. And everybody else who is watching, make sure you yes. come into our live chat. We will give you shout outs. Watch us next week and every week after. Chat subscribe. with us. And yes. yes, we love having you. I am you. on here chatting with you guys. <laughs> we are. We love having you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Amy Adams has some projects coming up. Let's just talk about one quick one and then we're going to get to some predictions yes Yes. so she got coming up here's a big deal if you don't know it amy adams is actually one of the executive producers on sharp objects that we're all watching and she actually has her own production company called fourth born and she has three upcoming projects under her production company i don't know what they are but if they're tv i am hoping that hbo picks them up because so far i'm blown away by the pilot i can't Mm -hmm. wait to see and in bigger casting news your favorite disney princess giselle (gasps) is set to make a comeback in disenchanted which is the official title of enchanted 
Enchanted 2. I love it. I love it. Yes. She's like, ooh, I'm mad. That's my favorite part of Enchanted. We love you, Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah, and all the rats come. And she's like, ooh, what are these? Ooh, All right, guys, let's get into some predictions for next week. I... We have to have this. I got All right. excited. Heather, quickly. Yes. What okay, would so you like to say? I think that Emma and Camille are going to go at it. Oh, there okay. is that underlying tension. They're all Absolutely. sweet right now, but that sisterly bond might not come through. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Carolina? They're definitely drinking more whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that. I think that things are going to come to a head between her and the officers working on this case. Absolutely. Because the detective alluded to the police chief not really researching it. Yeah. No, so he definitely did. I Agreed. think things are going to be like in the head. Like, mm-hmm. pow, pow, pow. people have things to say. Yeah. And I, I also think we're going to learn a lot more about Marion and what happened to her. Yes. And so I really can't wait for that to be um, unveiled, I guess, so to speak. But I just unraveled. think a whole, yeah, unraveled. Revealed. Revealed. <laughs> um, I think a whole lot more drinking and unfortunately self harm is going to be done to Camille's character. And I think we're going to find out a little bit more on why. She yeah. does that. Um, I cannot thank you, ladies, for uh, enough for being here. And to those in the live chat and everybody listening, um, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, comment, like, do all those things for us here at the Sharp Objects After Show. And before we go, ladies, where can we find you on social media? Yes, you guys can find me at 500 Days of Heather. Hey, guys, if you're on Twitter, you can catch me at Carolina Benetti and on Instagram at LenaBean113. And you can find me on Instagram at LMPowers15 and on Twitter at LesliePowers15. That's our show, everybody. Please join us next week for the Sharp Objects After Show. Thank you so much for joining. See ya! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 